Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as a elephant's eye, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, what a beautiful day! I got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. Well, to love again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Bing Crosby Show and Gordon McRae's Railroad Hour. For Bing Crosby's show, uh, one of his guests is Tommy Dorsey, and Tommy Dorsey was a famous trombone player and big band leader. Um, I think the most, one of the most interesting things about him is he passed away in 1956, but his band kept on going under his name with a bunch of different people taking over for him different times, and I believe it definitely went at least till 2010, so another, you know, after he's, he's gone, and he died, um, like I said, in 1956, and then for another... 55 years or so the band <laughs> kept going so I think that's pretty neat and they had a lot of hits and things and um, they, they did uh, Glockamora which of course is on the Jack Benny show a lot <laughs> they, they do Glockamora um, and it, it was I thought it was kind of interesting he's his band in 1946 after the war they uh, decided to not have the band anymore but they released one last album and then it went to the top 10 so he immediately put his band back together again and it was together like I say until 2010 uh, even though he died in 56 so anyway I hope you're gonna enjoy this episode of the Bing Crosby show it's fun to hear them together with Bing and, and Tommy talking back and forth and uh, I hope you're gonna enjoy the railroad hour and the railroad hour uh, is the merry widow and so i hope you enjoy both shows and we'll see you next time only one only one cigarette chesterfield gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste and that's the biggest plus in cigarette history by chesterfield chesterfield the one that proves its case Yes, Chesterfields are milder, milder, plus no aftertaste. So home, open a pack and give them a sniff. Then you'll smoke them. Someone
want to welcome you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins of the Mayors and Bing's guests, Tommy Dorsey, Joe Venuti, and Miss Teresa Brewer. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a prominent resident of Hollywood, California, who visits here occasionally, Bing Crosby. I must tell you, Ken, that you're really kidding on the square because, you know, I've got to spend more time in Hollywood. I realized that only recently because I nearly missed the broadcast today. I was mistaken for a tourist. <laughs> tourist? Yep. What happened? Well, I was walking down Vine Street looking for a snooker game. <laughs> All of a sudden, a long, strong arm reached out from a sightseeing bus and yanked me aboard. And off you went into the wild blue yonder, Yep, huh? before I knew it, I'd visited Grauman's Chinese Theater, the Farmer's Market, the La Brea Tar Pits, Knott's Berry Farm, the movie star's homes, and the San Marino Preserving Kitchen. <laughs> and Strip's Cafe. <laughs> Quite a trip. Well, sure was, and tonight... Tonight? Tonight, I'm going for the full tour. We're going to Chinatown, the Planetarium, the Bubble Dance in Gardena, Peter Potter's television show, and the Lincoln Heights Jail. <laughs> Winding up the Lincoln Heights jail. Well, there's a pickpocket working the bus, and we're dropping him off there. <laughs> I hope you all get your wallets back. I got two back already. You're doing well. <laughs> but Ken, sightseeing here around Los Angeles, it's wonderful. There's no question. There's a lot of things to see. It's very, very fine. But it's nothing like the trip I just had driving through Nevada, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, oh. Oregon. Been covering all mm -hmm. that territory the way you did and just staying a night or so at every stop, uh, must have reminded you of the old days when you're doing one-nighters with the Paul Whiteman band, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did, Ken. It did remind me of the days that I traveled with Whiteman. Of course, this was a much healthier trip. <laughs> and on this trip, I remember every town I visited. <laughs> Elko, Nevada, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Ennis, Montana, Big yeah, Fork, Yeah, yeah, okay, Montana. okay. We'll take your word for it. You're sweet, yeah. Anyhow, being with Tommy Dorsey and Joe Venuti as your guests tonight, this program marks quite an auspicious reunion of the Paul Whiteman Alumni Association. There are very few of us left, you know. You know, so these are certainly great days for Dorsey fans in this area. Oh, yes, the Dorseys. Yeah. Come on here. Tommy and his band down at the Casino Gardens mm -hmm. in Ocean Park. Jimmy and his orchestra at the Palladium here in Hollywood. Well, this is earthquake country. We can take it. <laughs> Gosh, are Tommy and Jimmy still fighting with each other? Oh, no, I didn't mean to convey oh. that. No, no, they've, all, they've made up. They're all fine, uh -huh. buddy buddies, yeah. They've settled all their differences amicably. A complete truce has been effected. Well, I'm what do you know? Was uh, Dean Atchison instrumental in bringing them together? <laughs> no, it required real diplomacy to handle this case. And now approaching, ladies and gentlemen, is another case that may require a little diplomacy. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's greatest jazz violinist, Signor Giuseppe Venuti. Is this the place? Yeah, this is the place, Joe. <laughs> Say, Joe, I want to congratulate you on something here. I, I heard your recording of Hot Canary. Wonderful disc, Joe. A big tune, of course, and I hear those disc jockeys just playing your record all the time. You ought to drop by and see my canary bird sometime. You got a canary? Yeah, and what an appetite he's got. Appetite? How much can a canary eat? All you have to do is give him a little French's bird seed. No bird seed for my canary. Well, what does he eat? He eats what I eat. Ravioli, meatballs, pasta, fasola, lasagna, Get out. You feed your canary all that heavy food, all those starches? Sure. Golly, how much does it weigh? 97 pounds in his bare feet. <laughs> in his bare feet? 97 pounds. Say, Bing, my canary is bigger than the average emu. <laughs> emu, 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 
Oh, Oh, Yaku. Joe, how about you and I doing a little number for the folks? I got a record out now on a new tune, a thing called uh, Shanghai. You know it? I can't play. I can't play Shanghai. I didn't bring my Chinese fiddle. Oh, <laughs> lovers of Chinese music are going to be desolate. Well, we'll do it another time then, Joe. We both wear our coolie coats, huh? And spats. Yes. Yeah, sp- <laughs> <laughs> Shanghai is dedicated to Mr. Tommy Lyman, the great authority on Shanghai, who is now singing at the William Tell Restaurant in New York City. I must go in there some night and get the apple shot off my dome. <laughs> I'll be your guest, Joe. John, let's play this thing, huh? For Shanghai. Did I say I was going to Shanghai? Oh, man, I must have been out of my American mind. Why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai? I want to be with you tonight. Why did I holler I was going to Shanghai? I want to be with you tonight. This was just a little misunderstanding that a kiss on the cheek could patch. I need you so badly, I'd gladly start all over from scratch. Oh, why did I tell you it was bye-bye to Shanghai? I'm even allergic to rice. Now, why don't you stop me when I talk about Shanghai? It's just a lover's advice. Who's gonna kiss me? Who's gonna thrill me? Who's gonna hold me tight? I'm right around the corner in a phone booth, and I want to be with you tonight. Why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai? I want to be with you tonight. Why did I about Shanghai, it's just a lover's device, who's gonna kiss me, who's gonna thrill me, who's gonna hold me tight, I'm right around the corner in the phone booth, and I wanna be with you tonight, who's gonna kiss me, who's gonna thrill me, who's gonna hold me tight. I'm right around the corner in a phone booth. I want to be with you tonight. I gotta be with you tonight. I'd love Love to be with you tonight. I have a telegram here that really gives you the lowdown on cigarette advertising. It's a telegram that was sent to the makers of Chesterfield. And here's what it says, and I quote, A panel of five, all members of the faculty of the College of Liberal Arts of the University of New Hampshire, has just completed for our foundation a survey, an appraisal of cigarette advertising. The advertising copy of five leading cigarettes was subjected to scrutiny and study. 
You'll be pleased to know that only Chesterfield advertising was judged entirely free from misleading statements or false claims. This is the unanimous opinion of the panel. The honesty of your advertising is indicative of the honesty of your product. Signed, W. Keith Simpson, director of the Newington Foundation. Well, Ken, seems to me that telegram sort of speaks for itself. Right, Bing. It proves that the Chesterfield folks tell only the straight facts, the truth. Folks, when we say Chesterfield gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste, you can believe it. When we say Chesterfield is the best cigarette for you to smoke, you can believe that too. Smoke them, and you'll see what I mean. Always buy Chesterfield. Now, ladies and gentlemen, may I present a vivacious, diminutive, talented, brilliant young vocalist, Miss Teresa Brewer. How about those snappy black eyes? And they really sparkle. Teresa, how you feel? You ready? You gonna sing something for us? Oh, yes. Do you know the Wang Wang Blues? Do I know the Wang Wang Blues? <laughs> you mean, uh, if you ever see him come and shake your shoes because the Wang Wang Blues is awful hard to lose, is that the one? Uh, those are the ones. Oh, I've had them many times. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Teresa, I think you should sing this song in the interest of public service. Those Wang Wang Blues are something fierce. Everybody should be warned to get them. Pound the toxin <laughs> for all to hear right in yonder there now, Teresa. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you very much. Now, folks, I'd like to present one of our very great orchestra leaders, a man who hit the tops in the music business and who stayed there for, low these many years. Folks, that sentimental gentleman, Tommy Dorsey. Thank you, Vinny. 
Tommy! It's really great having you with us here on the show. It's nice to be here, Bing. Gosh, Tom, with you and Joe Venuti here tonight, I can't help but recall the days, the good old days, you know, when we were with Paul Whiteman. Weren't we the cut-ups? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you used to drive him out of his mind. Oh, you're a little wrong there, Bing. Well, what do you mean? Oh, you and Joe Venuti gave the old man a bad time. But me, I was very shy and retiring in those days. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I always came to rehearsal on time. I never drew any money in advance, and I never missed a show. You were a model prisoner, weren't you? <laughs> Whiteman adored me, Bing. Uh, he even let me carry his Chiron. He did? <laughs> uh, you know, I carried his caviar in an empty sword cane. <laughs> but you and, he, you and he were real buddy-buddy pals, huh? <laughs> of course, I, I did bend my horn around his neck a couple of times. Well, of course, under great stress. I never could stand band leaders anyway until I became one. Say, <laughs> so, you know when that was we were working white? I was just thinking the other day. That was back in uh, 1929. Mm -hmm. Stock market crashed that year. And they had prohibition, too. Ah, those were the good old days. Yes, <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> you remember Plunkett's rental library? <laughs> remember that little rental... That little rental library in New York where we used to hang out between shows? Yeah, Bing, we used to read so much in there, we used to walk out practically blind. <laughs> well, it was such a wonderful old library covered with ivy and the elevated wrapped around it. Oh, yes, know. I can see it now. Had the best free lunch in town. I still owe Plunkett for a couple of books. I owe him for the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Ah, we were wild then, Tommy, but we certainly soaked up a lot of knowledge, didn't we? <laughs> Being as I recall, my favorite book was by Johnny Walker. Oh, a grand writer. <laughs> grand writer. Yes, he was. Had a black label. <laughs> but he had another bestseller out with a red label. Went very big. Mm -hmm. Yes. I tell you, Bing, bookstores ain't what they used to be. No. Now they're just bookstores. <laughs> Fun, no reminiscing, isn't it, Tom? And may I congratulate you? I think congratulations are in order because you have some fine records out now under the Dear Decca label. Well, may I uh, return the compliment? Please do. Yeah. <laughs> you know the big favorite around our house, Tommy? Diane. Oh, good. Yeah. How about limbering up the old trombone, giving us that now, huh? Well, Diane has a nice vocal in it, Bing. How about you latching onto that? The vocal? Fine. Sure. Well, where do I come in? I'll nudge you with the trombone. Well, <laughs> Careful, or I may open with a very high note. <laughs> but go ahead.
smile for me. Pretty, pretty. My Diane. Beautiful you. And though everything's dark all the while. Miss you so. I can't see. Help. I need you. See you, Diane. I'm in the mood for love. That's why. You have lighted the road leading home. Highways are happy ways. Pray for me. Cause I'm driving at 90 miles an when hour. you can. To get to you. Crush your fingers. No matter wherever I roam. I'll always come home. Smile for me. Really, baby. Apologies to Jack Leonard for the vocal. <laughs> now, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to bring back a very talented violinist who was heard from earlier in the show here, the only person I know who owns a 97-pound canary that eats raviolas. <laughs> Giuseppe Venuti. Say, Joe, does your canary bird really weigh 97 pounds? Hmm? Sure. He swallows cats, and we're going to have him for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about time the canaries got even, I guess. Let's have hot, hot canary, Joe. Going, Joe. Fine. Really in there. Now, if T. Dorsey will sort of slide back here with his trombone, maybe the three of us can take off on some tune. Well, do you think Lady Be Good would do it? Yeah, Lady Be Good, that might be fine. I'll start it, huh? You still here, Joe? Is this the place? This is the place. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. This is the place where the people. Hmm? Oh, sweet and lovely Lady Be Good. be good to me I am so awfully 
already begun to me. Have some pity I'm all alone In this big city I tell you I'm just alone Some babe in the woods Oh, lady, be good To me the first day of summer? Oh, I hate to see it come, Ken. You know, after next week's show, we'll all be unemployed until fall. Oh, why, you'll make out all right. Well, <laughs> here and there, fish a little, you know. <clears throat> Better play it safe, though. I think I'll put in for my unemployment compensation like... <laughs> well, Hope does, you know. Oh, I can't believe Bob does that. Oh, he certainly does. He's drawing his old age pension, too. <laughs> but getting back to the first day of summer, Ken, it seems to me vacation time is starting. I'll bet a lot of folks are packing their bags right now, and I want to make sure they pack along plenty of milder Chesterfields. Folks, vacation time, anytime. Chesterfield's the best cigarette for you to smoke. First, Chesterfield gives you its famous ABCs. Always milder, better tasting, cooler smoking. And Chesterfield gives you all that plus the added pleasure of no unpleasant aftertaste, and that's the biggest plus in cigarette history. Science discovered it. You can prove it. 
Science discovered that of all brands tested, only Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. And you can prove it by smoking Chesterfields. They taste better, and after you smoke them, no unpleasant aftertaste. Latch onto a pack or make it a carton, and you'll see what we mean. The best cigarette for you to smoke is Chesterfield. By Chesterfield, Chesterfield, the one that proves its case. Yes, Chesterfields are milder, milder, plus no aftertaste. So home, open a pack, give them a sniff, then you'll smoke them. Paramount's just finished a picture called Here Comes the Groom, in which I'm more or less involved. This is one of the ballads from the piece. Bon good night. Just dream away The dawn will light A bright new day be cheerful in your sleepy time prayer. The tearful never get anywhere, so don't despair, bon we, my love. Dream of a land. Where stars above fall in your hand, and someday we'll find this where and when. Bon we good night till then. That's our closer. My thanks to Teresa Brewer, Joe Venuti, and Tommy Dorsey for being here. I enjoyed it very much, Bing. And do you mind if I announce that I appeared through the courtesy of the beautiful Casino Gardens <laughs> at Ocean Park, where my orchestra plays nightly except Monday. Oh. <laughs> I may come down there and win a cup some night doing the, doing the rumba. <clears throat> Say, Joe, where's your band playing now? Oh, we open uh, where the surf meets the turf. Where's this? The Delmar. Delmar. <laughs> In August or June? June. Well, the racing will be on. Gee, oh, Delmar's yeah. a beautiful spot, Joe. You can have a lot of fun down there. Besides, you can pick up some money. You can drop some, too. <laughs> well, it's only money. It has no personality. Easy come, easy drop. Folks, before I say goodnight, I want to remind you vacation time is starting, and you can't go wrong if you follow Dr. Crosby's formula for a fine vacation. First, have a real good time. Eat a lot of good food. Get lots of sunshine. And plenty of shut-eye. And to complete the formula, take along plenty of milder Chesterfields. The best way to pack them is to pack them by the cartons. So just slip a couple of cartons in there between the socks and the handkerchiefs. Remember, vacation time, anytime. Chesterfield's the one for you.
Bing Crosby Show, presented by Chesterfield, was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in next week and hear Bing and his guests, Burl Ives, Lori Anders, and Ken Murray. Transcribed. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the Franz Lehar operetta, The Merry Widow, starring Gordon McRae and his two guests, Nadine Connor and Jack Kirkwood. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and the music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight, another big musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads, the same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is our star, Gordon McRae. Thank you, Marvin Miller, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, the beautiful and glamorous Nadine Connor is the beautiful and glamorous Mary Widow, Madame Sonia. Jack Kirkwood plays Baron Popoff, and I'm Prince Danilo, attaché to the Marsovian Embassy in Paris. Where is Prince Danilo? That's Baron Popoff, the Marsovian ambassador, calling me. Where is Prince Danilo? You see, I'm absolutely indispensable to him. Where is that no-good bum? You can see I'm <laughs> indispensable. Probably wasting your time at that wretched nightclub, Maxime. Messenger, go down to Maxime and see if you can locate Prince Danilo. Well, if that's where they're going to look for me, maybe that's where I'd better be. My native land is calling me to come and work from one to three. Though as there isn't much to do, I only come at half past two. Diplomacy exhausts a man, and I know all the work I can, but never ever get to bed until I paint this town quite red. With all my lovely Maxim girls, I give them cash instead of pearls. So all my blondes and brunettes say, Come out with us tonight and play. We dash off to Maxine's, where fun and frolic beams. While all the girls I flatter, they laugh and kiss and chatter. Lolo, dodo, juju, clo, clo, ma, go, fru, fru. It really doesn't matter, I kiss the first. And when the clock goes 
pop. We dance and never stop. The ladies smile so sweetly, I catch and kiss them neatly. Lo, lo, do, do, zhu, zhu. Clo, clo, my go, fu, fu. Till I forget completely, my dear old native love. Why, Prince Danilo, I'm shocked. Send these girls away. I must talk to you about affairs of state. Oh, all right. That's all, girls. Goodbye. Go, go, clo, clo. Shoo, shoo, fru, fru. Now, what seems to be the trouble, Baron? Prince Danilo, our native land, Marsovia, is in its hour of greatest peril. We're broke. What? But the Marsovian government is supported entirely by income taxes from its citizens. What happened? Last year, there was only one citizen in Marsovia who had any income to tax. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. The banker, Mr. What's-his-name? Uh, uh, well, it's no matter. He's dead. <laughs> but his widow is here in Paris making googly eyes at Frenchmen. Mm. And the Frenchmen are making googly eyes right back. At her and her 20 million. Now, if she marries a Frenchman, her fortune will no longer be taxable in Marsovia. And our poor, dear native country will be... Busted? Roger. <laughs> However, if the widow marries a Marsovian citizen, the 20 million will remain in our dear Marsovia, and everything will be, if you'll pardon the expression, hunky-dory. Well, Baron, that pretty well covers the plot. What do you expect me to do? You gotta put something in the pot, boy. <laughs> By marrying the rich widow. Mm-hmm. Why don't you marry the rich widow? How can I? Oh, yes, that's right. You're married, unfortunately. You have no idea how unfortunately <laughs> I am. Could I, uh, I meet this merry widow before I marry her? Mm, of course. She's guest of honor at an embassy party tonight. <laughs> There she is. See how the Frenchmen throng about her? Oh, I'll dance with all of you. The evening is young. Oh, good Lord. What's the matter? Why, that's Madame Sonia. I, I can't propose to her. Why not? Oh, never mind, Baron. I, I can't tell you, but there's a very good reason why I shouldn't marry Madame Sonia. There's an even better reason why you should. Very well. If you insist, I will sing for you. It's an old legend from my native land of Marsovia. There once was a bee, a witch from the wood. A hunter beheld her, alone as she stood. The spell of her beauty upon him was laid. He Oh, my God. 
wife, Danilo, go and propose to her. Well, this is against my better judgment, Baron, but I'll do it for Marsovia. Madame Sonia. <gasps> Danilo. You remember my name, Madame Sonia. I've tried to forget it. Oh, now, now, please, Sonia, let's not be harsh. Harsh? After all, you left me waiting at the church. It wasn't my fault. It was my uncle. Your uncle thought I wasn't good enough for you. Anyhow, I am rich now and a widow with everything I want. Do you have love? Luckily, I don't believe in love. You believed in mine once. Oh, no. Not really, Prince Danilo. Do you imagine we can pick up where you left me at the church door? Now that I'm worth 20 million, do you think your uncle might approve of me? <laughs> Please, Sonia, try to forget the past. Waltz with me the way you used to. Dance away until the break of day. Now, Danilo, you're not in love with me. You're in love with my money. Do you think that I'm like all these Frenchmen who swarm about you? All men are alike. Hmm. Well, I'll show you. May I have the next dance? If you wish. Good. I shall auction it off. <gasps> you wouldn't dare. Wouldn't I? Gentlemen? Gentlemen, your attention, please. Danilo, what is it? How many of you would like a dance with the beautiful Mary Widow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the dance, madam. I have the next dance. 
But who will pay 10,000 francs for a dance with Madame Sonia? Not a single bit. Well, then, I shall have to dance with her myself. It will be your last dance with me, Danilo. Oh? For I'm marrying a Frenchman. I don't believe it. Tomorrow I shall be the wife of Monsieur de Jolidon. No. He has proposed to me and I've decided to accept him. Well, what do you have to say to that? There's an old Marsovian song that says much more than I can say. There once were two royal children who loved when the world was so young but never were happy together. It's just as the poet has sung. The prince never told of his passion for a very good reason, no doubt. And so the princess was unhappy because he would never speak out. And do you suppose I am sorry? <laughs> I don't mean to cry. I shall not go dreaming about you. That's what the prince said and not I. And both of the princess Yes, and so will I. Where are you going? Away from embassies and marry widows. I'll go back to Maxine's. I've done with lovers' dreams. The girls will laugh and greet me. They will not trick and treat me. Lolo, do do juju. Clo, clo, ma, go, fru, fru. I'm going back to Maxine's. I've had enough of you. <laughs> he loves me, I'm sure of it now. He loves me, so tra la 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 We shall see, so tra la 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 Turn for the second act of The Merry Widow in just a moment. Next week might be called Birthday Week on the North American continent, for on Sunday the people of Canada will celebrate Canada Day, the 84th anniversary of the founding of that country as a politically independent nation. And just three days later, we in the United States will observe our own Independence Day. During the time that Canada and the United States have grown side by side in independence, there has developed between them a feeling of solidarity and friendliness unparalleled anywhere in the world today. Reflecting this spirit of international unity are the railroads of the two nations. For railroads of each country own and operate lines in the other country. Railroads of both Canada and the United States make free use of shortcuts for their lines across the territories of the other nation. And as anyone who has watched a freight train knows, 
Not only do the cars of every railroad in the United States operate in the trains of every other railroads, but also the cars of Canadian railroads move in the same trains with standard equipment completely interchangeable. Yes, in these and in many other ways, the railroads of both countries work together to the end that freight originating at any point in either country can be delivered swiftly and dependably to any point in the other country. Because of this close cooperation between the railroads on our continent, there exists a freedom of movement of raw materials and finished products from which all of us benefit through a higher standard of living. Today, the railroads of both countries are busy at work, preparing to meet the transportation demands of both daily commerce and national defense. It is with this feeling of friendship, of working together shoulder to shoulder in long-established and common aims in time of peace or in national emergency, that the railroads of the United States take this opportunity to salute the people of Canada and wish their great nation a happy birthday on Canada Day next Sunday. And now back to The Merry Widow, starring Gordon McRae and his two guests, Nadine Connor and Jack Kirkwood. I might have known I'd find you in this low cabaret. Hello, Baron. You certainly made a mess of things. I trust you with an important mission to marry Madame Sonia and save the Marsovian treasury. And what happened? She's marrying a Frenchman tomorrow. I'm sorry I failed you, Baron, but it's impossible to figure out a woman. Mm, yes, I know. There's something wrong with all of them. <laughs> when a man marries, he gets hooked with one that's either fat, homely... Selfish, cruel, or expensive. <laughs> Unless he waits. And if he waits, he gets hooked with a combination of all of them. <laughs> the women, oh, the women, how to win there. That's an art I'm rather dim in, for there is no other way. Winning women, winning women, for their lovers. That's what nobody discovers, not even an Edison. You may study her ways as you can, but a woman's too much for a man. It is deeper than diving for pearls, courting girls, 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 girls. With her fair flaxen hair, eyes of blue, she's a long way to knowing for you. She is dark or she's fair, she may smile or may frown, never mind, you will get done brown. For a man, which is deeper than diving for women, courting girls, 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 girls. With her fair flaxen hair, eyes of blue, she's a long way to knowing for you. She is dark, or she's fair. 
she may smile or may frown. Never mind, you will get none wrong. A most interesting observation, gentlemen. Oh, no, Madam Sonia, uh, what brings you to Maxime? I wonder, Baron Popoff, uh, what you say about the women. Uh, does that apply to your wife? My wife? Ah, don't mention her hallowed name. She is a paragon of feminine virtue. Well, the paragon just ran off with Monsieur de Jolidon. <laughs> what? He's the Frenchman you're supposed to marry tomorrow. Oh, I just made that up. If my wife has run off, then I am legally divorced. How's that, Baron? Under Section 4 of the Marsovian Married Men's Protective Act. <laughs> if your wife runs off with a Frenchman, you are legally divorced. How convenient. And now that I am free, I have the honor, dear lady, to ask you for your hand. In marriage? How else? <laughs> Will you marry me, Madam Sonia? Before I accept, I must tell you just one teensy weensy thing. If I marry again, I lose all my property. What? <laughs> all your millions? Down to the last mill. <laughs> Maybe I was a little hasty. <laughs> That's no way to put some money in the pot, boy. <laughs> Is it true you lose all your money if you marry again? Yes. Well, then... Well? Can't you guess what I want to say? Well, why not say it if you want to? I love you. Oh, and I love you. I've always loved you. Sweetheart. Now, wait a minute. You're going to marry her without any money? Why, of course. <laughs> the man's crazy. But you understand, I lose my money because I shall give it all to my new husband. Uh, the woman's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh, they're all right. I'm the one that's crazy. <laughs> Well, don't you worry, Baron. At least the money remains in Marsovia, and the national treasury is saved. Tell me you love me again, Danilo. Not in words, my darling. Let me tell you with our own waltz. Oh, I say not what I may not let you hear. Yet the swaying dance is saying love. It's true, it's true, I love you so. And to the music's chime, my heart is beating time. As if to give a sign that it would say, be mine, be mine. But no, I love you so. Oh, you say not what you may not let me hear. Yet the swing dances sing of me, dear. Every touch of 
very much, ladies and gentlemen. Nadine Connor and Jack Kirkwood will be back in just a moment. The Merry Widow with music by Franz Lehar and book and lyrics by Victor Leon, Leo Stein, and Adrian Rose with English adaptation by Georges Edouard was dramatized for the Railroad Hour by Lawrence and Lee. The musical arrangers and copyists for all our productions are Warren Barker, Will Bytel, Carl Brandt, Gus Levine, and John Caper. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by the American Railroads. Did you ever stop to think that almost every meal you eat includes dairy products in some form? To make sure that these healthful, appetizing foods get to your table, fresh and in abundance, thousands of men and women are at work all over the nation. Farmers who raise, feed, and milk dairy cattle, processors and distributors of the myriad dairy products, producers of farm equipment and other supplies. And vital to all these jobs are the railroads, providing dependable, economical transportation and helping to produce more and better dairy products, so essential to the nation's health and economy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we want to tell you the big news about the shows we have for you in the weeks ahead. Our authors, Jerry Lawrence and Robert Lee, have given a light operatic setting to some memorable stories. And when I say howdy to you... For the next 13 Mondays, the Railroad Hour will present the world premiere of 13 new musical plays. For instance, I'm going to be putting on a baseball uniform to play the mighty Casey at the bat. And I'll be digging for gold in Roaring Camp. And I'll be falling in love in the most romantic city in the world in the charming new operetta, Springtime in Paris. You uh, can't fall in love with yourself, boy. Who's the girl? <laughs> the girl? The charming and talented Dorothy Warren, show Jack. And next week, she'll join me to sing the title song of our musical premiere, Beautiful Dreamer. Oh, I love the Stephen Foster melodies. Well, then I hope you'll be listening, Nadine, for the surprising romance of America's first great songwriter. Well, we'll be at our radios, Gordon. I'll have my head right inside the horn. <laughs> well, it looks as though we're ready to pull out. And so, until next week, this is Gordon McRae saying goodbye. radio adaptation of The Merry Widow has been based on the original American stage production as produced by Henry W. Savage by special arrangement with Tams Whitmark Music Library, Incorporated. Gordon McRae appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train. A choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. This is Marvin Miller saying goodbye until next week for The American Railroad. Now, keep tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC. This program was transcribed. Your Monday evening of music continues with the telephone hour on NBC.